Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Gives ground ahead of it. Three back the inside. Silver mistake and dance away. Three wide with cover. Off the back. 27 8. Third quarter and it's hot deal. Five metres. Norm's Lady second. Sturmy up up the third. Silver mistake still coming through on the inside. And then better exclusive. Four back the pegs. In the straight though and it's hot deal. Five metres clear. From Norm's Lady in second spot. But it's hot deal going strongly up the straight. Better exclusive, exclusive runs on with Silver mistake. But it's hot deal all the way. Hot deal wins it and defeats Norm's Lady about eight metres. Third close better exclusive and silver mistake. the allied express pace and i was hanging out the washing yesterday and it was pegs 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 <laughs> pegs and more pegs the first five were from all off the pegs this was for the paces the slowest lead rate of the night when i were even factoring in the 1720s when i go to the 1200 meter mark on those to create a lead rate in fact the three slowest lead rates for the paces on the night, the three leaders won, which will come as no surprise to anybody. And once Hot Deal got there and he's been so well placed and a horse like this is a 108 rater and he's an MO in the old system, which I don't mind. I don't mind they can win an MO and uh, all of a sudden now he goes into free-for-all grade, but maybe we should be running M1s and M2s. We do run some races we like are. that. Yeah, yeah, so we're heading that way. I just don't know why, as I've said this before, it looks like a duck, walks like a duck. Let's just call it a duck and call it an MO. But we go with Neil Mitro wins. Uh, he was just too good, Steve. And it just once they dashed home, 27-8, 27-2, the pegs is where you wanted to be. And they just sort of floated on through on the inside there, those horses. Yeah, certainly did. Uh, it looked The speed map looked to feel out this way and the race panned out exactly how you thought it would. And uh, I was a little bit stiff. I backed silver mystique the place um yeah. hoping that it may hold out norm's lady and if not three pegs would be the perfect trip but it just got pipped by better exclusive who was four pegs heavenly gypsy was five pegs and then came off going down the back and has done a good job to to get around a few of the runners out wide and still get in for fifth but as you say it was just a pegs dominated race when they go 32.2 as a first quarter, 29.9. Aaron Dunn's horses, you know, they like to just get out and run, and there was no slowing him down then. 27.7 down the back, 27.2 home. Anything coming from behind was going to struggle to get anywhere near the leaders, and uh, that was quite well proven with Hot Deal winning quite easily by seven metres and a further five or what, five metres away further for third. So uh, race one at Melton, pegs dominated. It just seems to happen quite often, but mm. uh, I, I think it's just the way that the races map and the horses that are going through it. And as you're speaking about with this horse, you know, being a 108 raider and, you know, being able to now either go in open class or when, which is pretty much every second week, sometimes every third week now is that no more than one metropolitan win race it's uh it's a bit crazy i think we're just crucifying our horses you know the sooner we can get back to just always having these you know mom1 m2s i think we can look after our horses allow them to go through their classes in the country become a 120 rider in the country if you want it, yeah and then come back and when you're mom1 m2 it, it gives an owner a chance to get 
return on their investment. I don't know why we keep punishing our owners. So hopefully we've got a, a new man on board now. Mr. Greg Gangle has uh, taken over head of racing. Um, I'll give him a bit of a plug. He's got huge wraps on him. He's done a fantastic job up around the Riverina and and, uh, and Wagga and, and come over from uh, Canada before that. So let's hope he's got some fantastic ideas and look forward to seeing what he can do because I still believe, you know, we've got to, we've got to change what's happening because we're not giving our owners that chance to get the return on their investment. And, uh, yeah, I think we, we should never stop, um, you know, horses from being able to win races. So with that little... I suppose mini heave. We'll get back to hot deal. He he is a really nice horse. I should say he's been he's been well handled there by Aaron Dunn and placed really well as well. Only a four year old and he's certainly going to win his races going forward. Uh, just on Greg quickly, he doesn't need the ideas. There's fifteen hundred participants, so that means there's, <laughs> there's four and a half thousand ways to fix fix it because everyone's yep. got three ways of doing it. So you don't need the ideas; they're all. He's just got to be able to sort through them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cor- correct. So uh, there is a saying around that and opinions, but let's not go down that track. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's got one. <laughs> he's very good. Aaron Dunn, I, I said Aaron Dunn Saturday night uh, privately and just revealing some intimate conversations between the two of us here, but I said you normally would only have two or three two-year-olds each year come through, and it's staggering how he how he has uh, achieved and performed with his horses over the last four years. He said, yeah, normally, but I don't have that many next year. And I said, oh, geez, well, how many have you got? He said, 11. He's got 11. Oh. He's got 11 yearlings there, right? They're working nearly 20 horses. Everyone's telling me that, um, you know, the sport's hard and people are getting out of it and, yeah, uh, it's too hard with young horses. I hear all this stuff. And then you hear Aaron Dunn, who works a job and trains a few horses as well. He does a staggeringly good job with them. And he said, I'm sure, 11, 11 yearlings. So um, the way he's performed with his small team, Look out next year. He might be right into this with, in the harness racing next year uh, with a massive vengeance. As he's had a great three or four years, and you'd have to think there'd be a couple of nice ones amongst them, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. He does a fantastic job of either breeding and or buying uh, quality yeah. stock. So, yeah. uh, you know, if he can produce some really nice horses out of just two or three each year, and now he's got 11, you'd think he's going to have a, a great time in front of him. I just wonder, and I'll have to do something with him one day around feed because he he runs the seed business and he's all that's all about growing, uh, you know, growing feed for animals. So I yep. just wonder how he feeds them and whether there is something he's doing around that that's just giving his horses that extra two percent because it just feels like all his horses have got an extra two percent. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see everybody uh, again, uh, like opinions, they have their own ways of doing things. And, uh, it, you know, I'd certainly like to know his, his, his horses are tough, you know, that he burns them off the gate, he drives them tough, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't sit up and, you know, give them, I mean, he got away with the breather here Saturday night, but if someone wanted to get up and boogie, he would have boogied with them. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he's not going to sit back and, uh, and let someone just go to the front and, and have an easy trip sitting leaders back. So I'd, I'd be interesting to hear he's techniques because yeah the, the way his horses race they're, they're extremely tough that goes back to when he was under 16s playing ruck at uh, four foot eight which he's only four foot nine now i reckon race yep. two was the high gain pace and this was taken out by another gentleman from up that way whose team is absolutely flying michael gadsden and mick bellman in the cup 
as Montana Flash is coming into it as well. Off the back straight in 29.3. It's a smile on the wings who's now being joined by Hey Go You Good Thing. Montana Flash is out wider on the track as they turn for home. Lady Lani's awaiting the run through in the garage sprint lane. It's a smile on the wings on the inside just in front. Cutting it down. Hey Go You Good Thing. The outside is Montana Flash and then business class late. Montana Flash hit the lead. Business class will dive at it and get it. So over the top business class has grabbed Montana Flash on the line. Uh, then in for third there was Hey Go You Good what? Thing. Yankee boot flat red Business on. class oh, winning business. for Michael Gadsden and Michael Bellman and he took all the glory Michael Bellman after this race. I told him Thursday night go through the fence. He went through the fence. Mick Gadsden gave him the line the horse did well in it with a 20 metre home straight to work with and then he came on air and he used that material as well. Unoriginal Mick Bellman. He's stolen Michael Gadsman's, the Gadsden's material, claimed it as his own. Mick was filthy on it. And, and I thought, no, I'm going to out him on that. Uh, in all seriousness, it was a wonderful drive. Once that spot behind the leader was never going to be there, he's ended up thinking, where do you want to be at Melton? On the pegs. Three back the pegs. It never looked like he was ever going to get out and he'd be a beaten commodity. I mentioned this on Saturday night. It was a very special win. Pud McDonald, the mayor, angel in flight, Pud trained, bred this horse business in class. Mick Bellman trained the horse, Angel in Fight, for a period of time and won races with her. So it was special to Mick Bellman. Mick Gadsden got half his driver's license in Mildura on the mother, Angel in Fight. And Pug McDonald has helped so many participants in this sport uh, get going with trial drives, etc. Uh, we were thrilled to see him win the race. And it was a great little win by business class. And a lot of ticks for runners behind. Montana Flash was good. Hey, go, you good thing was good. I don't think a smile on a winks was too bad. I said all week she'd run about 155. And if she doesn't win, she doesn't win. Well, that's what she did. I didn't think she went too bad at all. So lots of ticks here back in the field, Steve. Yeah, it certainly was. But uh, look, we don't want to wrap up Mick Bellman too often. But uh, <laughs> we will give him a little bit of a wrap up. He did come on the radio and say... Uh, he'll he'll follow out Bulletproof Sniper to start with because he's got mm. a bit of speed and then sum the race up from there. And as soon as Bulletproof Sniper just didn't show that real hard early pace that he was hoping for, he just said, nothing going straight through the pegs. Yeah. Worked an absolute treat. Didn't get clear until really late. He would not want to have had been held up another metre. But uh, once he got clear, it really hit the line. And uh, I actually ended up backing this horse at $22. I just couldn't believe the odds. It was, it was, it wasn't a confidence bet of thinking, oh, this horse is going to get me out and win, but he's been racing so good. He was just became an, you know, a horse you had to back each way. The odds just kept blowing out. And I don't know why, um, the drift just kept going and going and going. And it's like, geez, this horse, you know, legless or something. And you see it warming up and everything looked perfect. So Luckily, McBelvin come to the fore for us and got us the cash. Montana Flash was good. Uh, that was a tough run out doing the workout wide and just get done on the line. Uh, it's building up for a win. How you good thing was uh, good. It did a little bit of early work. And as you said, even uh, going back to probably, you know, Aussie Pride, um, you know, they were all in a big bunch together. So mm-hmm. you can't can't really knock many of those runs. It's just a matter of uh, you could rerun that race 10 times, I reckon, and get probably eight different winners. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is a good way of saying it. And you back the horse of those eight that was almost the longest odds in a sense business class. And uh, you're going to end up well in front if you keep doing that over and over and over and over again because eventually you keep getting the $18 every eight times.
Yeah, well, we tipped it out on SEN, which was one of our hero tips, um, you know, gave that out to the listeners. So for all those at home that followed in, uh, they were all pretty happy as well. So Mickey Bellman had a little bit of weight on his shoulders and uh, he didn't crumble, which was good. The Ben Stud Stanbridge Youthful Stakes and Miss Idaho has been in such good form in South Australia. Is she a good filly? Is she a really good filly? Well, at least we know now that something a bit more about her. She is a good filly the back straight. Jumping joy by a metre. Now shaken up. Is uh, free as a bird. That quarter was 29-1. Miss Idaho comes out through her run from well back on the field. Sarah Tesloy four deep. Our ultimate Gracie five wide. Turning for home. Jumping joy still with a kick. Two metres free as a bird. Miss Idaho now is starting to lengthen. Miss Idaho after jumping joy. Jumping joy. Miss Idaho. Our ultimate Gracie flying late. Miss Idaho hit the front and Miss Idaho has won again and has beaten our ultimate Gracie, who's flashed home very prominent for second with Jumping Joy. Free Some real South Australian flavour here. Miss Idaho, she won last week in SA in 156. She travels across to Victoria. She's only a very lean and slight filly. Kate Gathk has her in the running line and says, gee, she felt flat. Like she just felt like she needed a spell in the run. And she still finishes off and wins the race in 27.8. I think she's even a bit better than what we saw on Saturday night from hearing what Kate Gath had to say. And I think we're going to see a bit more of her over the next 12 months, which will be tremendous. And love the story of Gary Graham and Frank Borg, who bought the horse of Gary and they've developed a friendship through her. And they stood and watched the race together on Saturday night. And uh, breeding's cool and nothing cooler than watching a horse win the youthful stakes like Miss Idaho did for the Graham family on Saturday night, Steve. Some some really good runs behind her, which I'll let you touch on, because I reckon there could be one going the black book here. She just stormed home. Yeah, absolutely. Was Kirsten on with you Saturday night? I didn't see any of the Transvision coverage, naturally. We were covering uh, Saturday night. and she... how, how did Kirsten go through this race? You would have been out of breath by the time uh, she got back on air. Oh, Kirsten said to me at the start, oh, I'm going down the stables and not coming back all night. I'm not putting up with you in the studio. So, uh, which was more, which I hope was more about the rain. So I didn't really see her all night. And she worked those stables all night. We, we would normally go up back up to the race core, but she had interviews throughout and it brought some amazing content, some amazing insights as well into some races. So... Uh, she did a wonderful job, and yes, uh, having bred Miss Idaho, she great she gave some great insights, and she interviewed the owner Frank Borg, and we got really behind the scenes of this story, and it was it really was a beautiful half an hour of uh, Trot's vision. No, nah, that's fantastic, and that's what we like to see because there's yeah. so many stories behind just a race. A lot of punters only ever see the race; they never see those stories behind it, and you know, little things that happen along the way, and setbacks, and heartbreak, and all that sort of thing. So great to be able to bring that across on Trot's Vision. But Miss Idaho, yeah, she's just going super. Uh, you know, they, Andy was on the uh, radio and said. He thought that uh, he would go right by the way that Ryan was speaking and, uh, you know, they, they turned out right. It was worth the trip across because, uh, like I said, if she was a little bit flat, she's gone tremendous to mm. be able to stick her head out and win on the line. And our older McGracie, she does go in the black book, this horse. She was a, a terrific run. She's flashed home from a long way back, got pushed wide, copped a check halfway up the straight, had to straighten up and balance up again and then still made a dive on the line. And uh, that's good enough for me to go straight into the black book and I think her last half uh, sorry yeah last quarter she still got home in sub 27 seconds so um 
mm. you know, to get home in 26.9 after copping that little bit of a check. I think she'll be winning a race very, very soon as she starts to work it out what it's all about. Jumping Joy, uh, Jumping Joy, sorry. It was a really good run out in front, rolled along, only just gone down in the last few strides. Free as a bird, stuck on okay was really under pressure, um, I suppose, on the corner and looked like it was going to drop out, but it still stayed there. I mean, it still held the wheel of the third horse, Jumping Joy. Sarah Tesloy got home okay, um, and then the other two were sort of well held out of that. But really, the first four, well, the first three out of this, you'd be following uh, next start as well. Yeah, stable's going really well, Kate Hargraves. The winners aren't coming at the moment, Kate. I know she's just running really good seconds and thirds, but stable is going super.